0: Welcome to another episode of RT+, brought to you by Norton Rose Fulbright. My name is Arup Sen, and in today's RT+, we are going to look at uh, common pitfalls around market disclosures uh, as and when required by the regulator. Now, this is an issue that's always uh, of relevance uh, to financial services companies, uh, and in light of that, we thought that we would play a discussion on this subject uh, that took place a couple of weeks ago uh, between Katie Stephen and Sonia Jouko, who are both Experts on this particular subject. So, without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Katie Stephen and Sonia Zuko. Hello, I'm Katie Stephen and I'm here with Sonia Zuko, and we're both members of the financial services team. We often get questions from listed companies about how to deal with inquiries from the regulator regarding their market disclosures or lack of announcements. And so we wanted to share some practical insights from our experiences. We thought we could start with some of the things companies could be doing on a day-to-day basis in order to mitigate the risk of receiving an inquiry, and then go on to cover how best to respond. So there are a number of things that companies c- could be doing. Firstly, think about whether now is a good time to revisit inside information controls. At the start of the pandemic, the FDA was quick to highlight the need to review controls, And one of the points to consider in that context was whether the scope of what might be inside information had changed in the context of a particular business of a company. In any event, it's always advisable to conduct periodic reviews of procedures. And one thing to think about when reviewing your procedures is what works well and what could be improved. So how is potential inside information escalated to the disclosure committee or the board And we've seen cases where board members have been criticised for failing to bring changes in a company's performance to the attention of the board. And decisions to wait for a scheduled board meeting or for certain individuals to be available before convening a meeting of the board have also been criticised. Also, think about whether procedures could be more granular. A lack of written procedures for the collation of financial results or forecasting or what factors to take into consideration when determining whether information should be announced has been an area for criticism by the regulators. Frequent reminders of the requirements are a good idea, whether that's through for a refresher training like this or email reminders or possibly both. Sonia, is there anything that companies should be thinking about at the time decisions are made around whether they need to make an announcement?
1: Yes, I think it's really important to document the rationale for any decisions taken around market disclosure, particularly in borderline cases. People often think they will remember why a decision was made, but it can be difficult six months or more after the event to remember why you reached a particular view, including what factors influenced that decision and what you discounted and why. And it can be difficult to reconstruct the chronology of events that led up to that decision, particularly when you're faced with detailed questions from a regulator. Or an exchange at a later date. The same approach should be taken if you take any decision to delay an announcement, Uh, particularly take care to record how you consider that the conditions for delay have been met. Always be prepared to revisit a decision if any doubts emerge. Um, Writing down your rationale can be an effective way to test whether it holds water Uh, and that's a case given that the decision could be probed by a regulator or an exchange with the benefit of hindsight. Katie, what are the other things that companies need to bear in mind here? So, I think one thing to bear
0: in mind is whether dominant individuals within the organisation are being adequately challenged and whether the minutes record that. It's easy to overlook uh, some of the uh, admin, but it's worth taking the time to review the minutes or notes after the event and consider whether there's an adequate record of any debate or oral report to the board. A regulator might not give you the benefit of the doubt where reliance is placed on oral discussions which aren't reflected in the minutes. Think about whether copies of any internal reports or contemporaneous external documents should be filed with the meeting minutes or notes such as where government announcements or um, other measures have had a material impact on business decisions, but it might be difficult to track those down after the event. In the event of subsequent challenge, it's going to be really important to have a clear record of what information was available, when and to whom, and you don't want to be in the position of having to reconstruct that after the event. The other points worth considering include thinking about whether to get advice on these decisions, whether from your broker or nomad or your legal advisers. Firms have been criticized for failing to get advice or get advice uh, in sufficient time, and waiting for your usual contact to be uh, available may not be the best way forward. Nonetheless, a company might receive some questions from a regulator or an exchange following an announcement or share price movement. So what should companies be thinking about in that situation, Sonia?
1: Well, I think there's a real opportunity here um, to potentially head off the risk of any enforcement action, uh, provided that you do your due diligence when you're preparing a response. I think it can be tempting to rush off a fairly strong response and hope that it all goes away, uh, but that can backfire. Um, when you receive a request, there are some important things to give some thought to before you embark on drafting the response itself. Firstly, ensure that all your data that's relevant to the request is preserved and think broadly here, not just about emails, but also whether there are any more informal forms of communication, such as WhatsApp, if they're used in a work context. Um, A point that you've already touched on, Katie, is to gather all relevant documents if you haven't already. So, this is things like board minutes, disclosure committee minutes, any documents such as spreadsheets or reports that have been relied on in reaching a decision, and review these carefully. Um, Think about whether to get advice at this stage. One of the advantages of getting legal advice is you would be in the best position to assert privilege in relation to drafts prior to finalising your response. Also think about whether to put together a chronology, um, even where that's not part of the request itself. Uh, And when you're putting together that chronology or when you're reviewing the documents, think about any questions that they could raise so that you're in a position to preempt these questions in your response rather than risk any follow-up queries. And think about whether to speak to individuals. Um, This is a difficult one to proceed with caution. The FDA recently reminded companies that uh, its inquiry should be treated as confidential uh, and that their permission should be sought where you're seeking assistance outside the compliance team. But that might nonetheless be appropriate, depending on the circumstances. And think about whether you need to make any notifications, so, for example, to your insurers. Katie, what do you need to think about when you're putting together the response itself? Well, I think from our
0: experience, it's best remember that the people who are going to be reading your response are not necessarily experts on your business so try to avoid overly technical content when preparing the response and explain the issues in simple terms you might want to make use of diagrams or other visual aids if that's appropriate Make sure you've tested and verified what you say. Don't just make assumptions based on what you think is likely to have happened or what usually happens. Consider carefully whether any documents fall within scope of any document request. Avoid the temptation to hand everything over and hope the issue will go away. This is seldom a successful strategy and it can open up new lines of inquiry. We have seen a number of AIM and FCA inquiries where putting the best foot forward and dedicating management time to doing a thorough job is well spent. So I think that's all we wanted to say, but if you have any questions or would like us to come and speak to you about any of the issues we've talked about, please do get in touch with us. Thank you.